rock and roll. The Texans go in front. They put on the helmet and pads. Last one of the day, baby. This is the fourth quarter, man. This is when we win. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. We thought we were living lives. Welcome to the Texans Players Show, presented by Fuddruckers. Welcome into the Texans Players Show, presented by Fuddruckers. I am your host, DP Sidhu, along with Drew Doherty. We've got Pharaoh Brown on the program today. We usually have Mark Vandermeer. He is holiday shopping, so he's running super late, and he didn't want to miss the sale. But he'll be here probably for Texans All Access. First of all, Pharaoh, welcome in. How have you been? I've been great. Thanks for having me on the show. Very excited. What's the latest, my friend? What are you up to? Uh, football aside, because tis the season, like we talked about with Vandermeer, he's shopping, uh, which is kind of, I, th- I think, unprofessional. You're not at work. You're, sh- you're doing Christmas shopping. <laughs> the but sales don't wait, you know. Let's uh, let's find out what's going on in your world. You've got a little guy at home. Yeah, You've got two have, little uh, guys. Two little guys. <laughs> Christmas is even more fun with uh, little ones, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely more funner. Uh, I think we're kind of low. His birthday is on Thanksgiving, and this mm. is his first birthday having, you know, famous teammates. And <laughs> the gifts was outrageous that he got. And so we figured that we have to we can skip Christmas. Oh. Because uh, he just got too many toys on Thanksgiving for his birthday. So right. with my uh, six-month-old, he's not really old enough for the toys. And we were just like, okay, Titus. We, was, we just said we're not going to get Titus a bunch of stuff this uh, Christmas, so we've been more focusing on we're doing the uh, the tight end group. We always last year with COVID, you know, we all pitch in and uh, help uh, underprivileged kids, and we did that last year at a community service. This year, we're planning on uh, doing something bigger, so we're partnering with Covenant House, which is for foster kids, and uh, so we're just I've been just focused on that. My wife uh, has been running uh, head on that, so that's been. Uh, the big thing that we've been working on uh, this holiday season. That be, that's amazing. So what do you do for Covenant House? You sp- what, what do you do for the foster kids for Christmas? So we're going to have, uh, we're going to serve them food, uh, going to give them some cool uh, gift cards, uh, just go and spend time with them. Uh, they're at the Covenant House. They're more older kids. And these kids that, you know, once you get out of foster care, you just kind of put in the real world. Some of these kids don't have licenses. Some of these kids just need guidance. Uh, and we're just going to just really just give our time, our insight, and uh, just uh, show the kids and just motivate them. That'll be great. Now, it's a different tight end room than last year. A unique one, though, still the same. I mean, you got a guy from Canada in there, and Anthony Alclair. <laughs> you got you, you know, Jordan Akins. Brevin Jordan. That's a that's a different group, a really diverse group. Mm-hmm. How much I know you had fun with the guys from last year. But what do you what do you thinking of, of this crew this year around? Uh, I think we we have a lot of fun. Uh, we got a few jokesters. Brevin keeps the room going. Uh, <laughs> to uh, Kahale was like that last year, right? But uh, I think we got a good room. Our coach is good. It's always uh, we got a tight room and uh, we have a good time. Brevin Jordan, he's the youngest guy on the roster. I mm-hmm. mean, you. I mean, you're not. You're not old by any stretch of the imagination, but what's that age gap like? You've got exp- all sorts of experience levels. And he talked about how when he was inactive for the first uh, six or seven games of the season, how you and Jordan Akins really helped him mm-hmm. come along and being a professional. But what is, do you guys give him a hard time for being as young as he is? Uh, I don't give him a hard time for being as young. I give him a hard time for just doing some uh, silly stuff. He was supposed to decorate our Christmas room, and he didn't get a Christmas tree. He got a... <laughs> Christmas tree on the wall, so 
I give him a hard time about stuff. <laughs> Wait, he like didn't that. get a he didn't get a Christmas tree. What did he get? He got a a Christmas like a like, like a poster, basically. Yeah, like a poster <laughs> tree. <laughs> It was like, what did you do? It, it was like a $40 Christmas decoration from Dollar General. and He followed the law, but he didn't follow the spirit of the law. L- loopholes, yeah. loopholes. He, you has, know- he has to beat the office alignment room, and they got, like, blow-up snowmen and oh, wow. stuff like that. So we was just kind of the joke of all jokes with his decoration. So <laughs> oh, we had to give him a hard time. Is that a competition like that. amongst the – because I actually saw Brevin with the Dollar General bags last Friday. You should have sent them back. I did not – well, I thought <laughs> I thought he was grocery shopping at his like lunch break and he said no he's like he's like rookie duties that's all he said so i had no idea this was for the tree it's coming full circle now (laughs) but yeah there's no way a tree was going to fit in those bags he had like four or five small plastic bags Uh, did you ever have to do something like that as a rookie during the holiday season uh i had to do some uh stuff bourbon was a drafted rookie so uh his duties is kind of more than me because i was undrafted so we kind of take that in consideration when uh, young guys are coming in and, you know, it's not as bad as if Brevin was a first-round draft pick as far as rookie duties. He'd have more? Yeah, he'd have definitely have sure. more. Sure, of so, course. Uh, you kind of take that in consideration, but I had to, like, rent an RV and draw these guys, like, on our <laughs> bye week, like, to, uh, like, Napa Valley and, like, because I was in Oakland and, so I'm like driving an RV. Everybody's in the back having a good time. And I've never DD. drove an RV, and I'm the DD like all week. It was White like, knuckles, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah, huh? yeah, that's uh, that's scary stuff. Well, how about on the field? It's been a tough year. You know, double digit losses. What's the goal individually when stuff like this is going on? Obviously, you guys all want to win. Mm-hmm. You want to win every game you play. But individually, what are you working on? What are you striving for? And how do you how does that get affected, if at all, by what's happened? You know, as a team. Uh, I think my individual goal is always just to go out there and be better than I was last week, and uh, I've been doing that since I've gotten to the league, and each year was just trying to be on the progressive uh, slope. And, and, I mean, just individually looking at that, each year I've been progressing in playing time. I've been progressing in play. I've just been going, uh, just increasing and everything I've been doing, and I kind of just take it uh, as that. I mean, you kind of let it get away, but, I mean, you have to keep your happiness, and that's what is big for me. When I go home, when I end the game, I'm kind of mad, but it's like I only have this much time because I got to go home to two boys, and they can care less what happened to right. the Texans. Right. They want me to run around and be happy, and, I mean, we all got kids, and you know you can't fake that kind of funk. So I try to just keep my happiness and just focus on the – you know, we're part of 30, a 32-team league, and, I mean, as bad as we are, you can go find 52 guys right now that have cut their finger off to be on this team or be in this locker room. So no matter what our record is, you can go find that. So I think you just got to look at those kind of things. Like, you know, we're in a great position. We are we have to be grateful and just look at those things and not take them for granted. And I'm pretty sure, if, you know, everybody, I can contest everybody in the locker room is just trying to be the better them and, you know, just – 1% better every day. And if you just keep that, everything could get right. You, everybody go through hard times. What about the, the – you guys won just a few weeks ago at Tennessee, and then it just seems like, you know, every few weeks there's there's a game like where you, where you lose and you're shut out and the offense just can't get clicking. I, I know David Coley's talked about execution, that, you know, it's just going to come down to executing. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the game plan, when you look back at the film, you know, how do you feel like you can improve as a group or individually heading into next week's game? I mean – our coach in college, Chip Kelly, used to say the only way to get a hold is to stop digging. And 
that's what we've been doing. We've been digging ourselves our own our own hole. These losses, and you can go back to the film and to the games, and you can see it. So, I think for us to get on that track, we just first got to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. I mean, you can just look back at the last game. First play of the game, not good. Second possession, you get a Farrell Brown fumble. Third possession, uh, it's still 7-0. We got a, a penalty that negated a 35-yard game. Then we get pent on our one-yard line. It's still 7-0 by the third possession, as catastrophic as that just sounded. So I think we just got to eliminate those and just help our defense anytime. You know, our defense is playing great, but it doesn't seem that way when you look at the scoreboard at the end of the day. So, I mean, I just think our offense just have to stop digging ourselves a hole. Uh, starting off the game, and uh, if we can do that, I think we'll be in a pretty good spot. And it's five games left. We we can't make the playoffs, you know, but I think just putting the best on going into the offseason, everybody be happy. You know, we go 5-0. and know It's like, you know, it's just let's put good stuff on film. Let's get better. All these guys are trying to earn jobs next year. So, you know, no matter the record of the team, you know, you always building your resume. I tell my roommate all the time, it's like, when it's 30 to 31, nobody cares because when GMs, when people go look at that film, they're not going to look at that film like, oh, this guy's just walking around like a days because they're getting blown out. Yeah. It's like, nah, they're going to see that play, and that's you're going to get judged as if it was a tight game. They don't look at the score. They look at your play. So at this level, every play matters, no matter the record, no matter the score. So I just try to uh, tell my guys that all the time. I'm guessing you always knew that as a professional, given you know your circumstances coming into the league. But when did that like really hit you and you saw it in person? Because I'm doubting you're ever you were ever lackadaisical with mm-hmm. with that going on. But when did that kind of get crystallized for you that man everything I do is on film and being evaluated? I think it just got just going through the process of coming from practice squads and getting cut and just seeing like the uh, process and being in that process, yeah. switching teams. Uh, I've had been in the league five years. I haven't had a consecutive coach the same year. So just seeing what they look at and being able to – I stay connected with all my coaches, like my uh, coach from the Browns. He's now in North Carolina. I still talk to him. And, you know, he was like, man, when you when I first came in, I didn't know you. Like, I didn't think of it. But he's like, as I seen you play and keep playing, like, I was probably one of his favorite – I knew I'm, I was his favorite guy. And if it was up to him, I would be starting. But different politics, you know. So just – conversing and connecting with coaches and just learning the business and learning the process and just seeing guys that was talented and end up being cut. Like I would watch film, my coach, and he'd be like, it was guys, I'm not going to say names that was getting paid. And he was like, whatever you do, don't ever put stuff like this on film. Long behold, that guy was cut the next year. And he was, uh, he was making 12, 15, way more money than I'm making. Uh, you had once talked about your circumstances. It seemed like before you got here, you were always playing behind a tight end that was either drafted really highly or um, getting, you know, uh, had just signed a big contract. So it didn't really, I think you always felt like no matter what you did, like that's going to be their guy. Like they've already found their starting tight end and you were fighting for a spot. And then last year you come here and I want to say I interviewed you a few weeks later because you're talking about all the different head coaches that you'd had and you'd had two last year Mm -hmm. because we went through a coaching change here. So now looking back like a year later, how nice is it to be able to, at least be with this team two consecutive years, even if it is two different coaching staffs, I imagine that's got to make you feel good that the new coaching staff, the, n- the new regime looks at what you'd put on film and they, they want to keep you as part of this this new era of the Texans moving forward, even though they were not necessarily the ones that brought you here. 
It feels good to be wanted. I mean, I think we all want to be wanted in some aspects of our lives, but man, it's a blessing and I'm blessed to be here and everything that I've been through has been a learning experience and being behind those guys was a learning experience and I take stuff with me from every chance I got and I always say if I <clears throat> never was injured in college and was drafted, I probably would be a totally different guy, you know, so I think everything just happens for a reason and that's why I kind of help our young tight ends in our room because those veterans helped me along the way and showed me how to be a pro and how to attack the game and how to play the game the right way. A little earlier, you brought up former coaches and you brought up Oregon, and I want to get into that in just a little bit, but mm -hmm. let's talk about the guys coming in this weekend, the Seattle Seahawks and what they represent. They've had an odd year. Russell Wilson is back now, but defensively, you know what's what's going to be lining up across from you and what's the challenge you think that you'll face? And I know it's early in the week. You haven't started breaking down film, but in general, what do you know about them and what do you think of them? I think I've been – I'm familiar with they uh with their structure. Uh Ken Norton is the defensive coordinator and he was at Oakland my rookie year, so I'm kinda of familiar with how they want to play uh ball and how he wants his defense to play uh ball. So I'm not I'm never too worried about what opposing defense is doing. I mean football is real simple and that's what uh you know, our coaches say it all the time, like it's not rocket science, it's it's a simple game and I mean you can look at last night and see that, you know, it's simple. Like, there was nothing, you know, going on that's like rocket science. So, I mean, it's just going out there and playing your game. It's me going out there playing my game. Like, I hit up, like, my friends hit me up, like, have a good, have a good game. I, and I I might say something like, yeah, I got to go crazy. It's like, and they always be like, nah, like, my college team is like, nah, you just got to go out there and be fair. And then, like, brings you back, like, I don't need to go out there and try to, do something like outside of my wheelhouse and right. it's just go out there, be yourself, have fun. And you know, you're good enough to, to win at this level. So I think that's what I focus on. I obviously once the week get going, I look at the guys and look at the techniques, but at the end of the day, I just, I'm confident if I go out there and be myself that uh, I'll succeed. Do you think that's one of the issues when teams are losing or you're in a game where you're losing is that guys are trying to overcompensate and they're doing too much? I Sometimes I hear coaches talk about that, like guys are doing too much. They just need to do their job. But is that something that sort of starts to creep in in the course of a game for, for sometimes for guys? And maybe that's what leads to penalties or, or mistakes on the field? Uh, I mean, it depends. There's it's so many different factors that go into to that and different guys' mindset. For me – I just try to, you know, just watch every play when bad stuff happened and just keep going. And even when we're doing good, I remember when uh, when Brevin had caught the touchdown and we was up 14-0, and I'm on the sideline, and I whispered to him, like, you know, don't get too high. And uh, by the end of the game, we end up losing. And, like, he like, man, this is crazy. I'm like, you know, this league always come down to a one-possession game. And I've seen it multiple times. And, you know, it's like, I'm telling you, like, you know, it's first quarter, we have 14-0, but these guys are – it's a high chance that these guys are going to come back. So it's like, let's don't get too high on, on the moments, good or bad. So I just try to stay level-headed, and I haven't always been that way. You know, I'm the emotional player. In the I was going to say, that's <laughs> funny coming from you because yeah. I would expect the opposite. You seem to be like a mm -hmm. talker. You're out there. You seem to be very emotionally charged. But you're saying, like, from a game perspective, you keep it very – you yeah. keep yourself at an equilibrium. I still I still do my talking and stuff, but uh, I just keep, like, I don't get too high on 
the stuff that's happening in the game, you know. Right right now, I'm playing way more snaps than I have, so, like, my trash talking has gone down to, like, two sentences to, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like, can't give you too much because I'd be tired, so I would give you, like, one or two sentences, and then I get back to the huddle and, you know, the next play happened. But, uh, and now with the Tartan rule, I give you, like, one and a half sentences and turn around, like, to the AM part because I ain't trying to get uh, no more penalties. It's but amazing. Yeah. It's amazing that there aren't more of those. I mean, you have to walk a really fine line, I imagine, when you're talking on the field. Yeah, you're like on talking. the side or behind somebody like talking junk. and then, like It's kind of Make funny, sure nobody nah. can see. Yeah. Uh, what about for you? You mentioned getting a lot more snaps this year. And, and what has that been like for you to have a, a bigger role than you've had in the past? Because you've already exceeded your number of catches in a single season. We've still got five games left. Yeah, like I said, that just goes back to what I was talking about last year, like, you know, well, earlier uh, today, just talking about just steadily increasing all around for me. And that's some stuff that I had to, like, look down and it's like talking to my mentors. It's like, you know, this is your first year starting. This is your first year playing. This is your first year, you know. I'm kind of like that. And he's like, you know, you've been around for so long, but you haven't had the miles, you know. I'm like that nice, good, you know, used car with a thousand Low miles mileage. on it, your mileage. So it's like, it's still, I'm still learning too. And it's been good. It's been a lot of obstacles and just, you know, having to prepare differently, having to take care of my body differently, practicing, you know, just I've taken on way more load than I ever had in the past. So, I mean, I'm just grateful and just learning and just trying to get better. Is that the biggest adjustment? Just the volume of stuff you're having to do, not just on Sundays, but like you're talking about during the week as well. Mm -hmm. Is there something else that uh, you've learned about yourself and had to grow on or is it mainly the load management you're, you're referencing I mean it's just load management and it's just like you know taking your opportunities when they come I feel like when I was playing in the past I was getting 12 13 snaps so I was like you know all out like yeah you know but when you when you're uh playing so many snaps like I may know I can pancake a guy but it's like let me say this energy I'm not gonna pancake him right now but I'm going, you know. I'm you got to pace yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's more like a pacing, you know. So I think that's just like the difference. It's like you, you're trying to play hard every play. You're trying to finish every play. You know, my goal is just to finish on my guy every play. I want to finish in the dominant position every 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 play. So I might, my dominant position one time might be pancaking the guy to the ground. The next time it might just be, you know, holding him up where he's still not making the play. So it's just like different stuff like that. And uh, sometimes, you know, coming across on like, uh, we run a lot of uh, trying to cut the defense schemes with the tight end. Like, sometimes I cut a guy just because I'm trying to save a little energy than, like, running through him that like I've done in previous and just knocking the guy yeah. on, onto the ground. So it's just, like, different stuff like that, just using different techniques uh, to pace yourself. What about your recovery? Have you changed how you recover from games compared to back when you were a rookie? Uh, uh, do you have to do more of it now? Definitely. I feel like when I was young, I didn't really do a lot of recovery. That's actually – I hear that a lot from yeah. rookies. Like, they just – played the game and then they got better as the week went on yeah everything is just like fast but then i uh i started getting a hold of it and uh kudos to the vets in my room for showing me that i haven't really changed a lot with my recovery i think it was just more the details like getting sleep at night not staying up i mean i used to go home and like play my video game at night just to relax and now i haven't I haven't played my video game in, like, all season. Well, you've got two kids, though. So, yeah. like, a two-year-old and a baby, right? He's, the mm -hmm. baby's not one, right? No, he's eight months. Eight months. Okay, so you've got two kids. So how do you well, – what time do you go to bed? And how do you not wake up with the kids? So I, I usually sleep in the guest room with one of my sons, and my wife sleep with the baby. <laughs> okay. 
Smart. So, so my oldest son, he sleep through the night, so I can put him down to bed at like eight thirty, and he usually put me to bed sometimes. But for the most part, <laughs> for the most part, when we he know how that sleep, goes. Yeah, yeah. He he go to sleep, and then I end up just going to sleep with him. So if he sleeps through the night, he might wake up like once and just like want a bottle or something. But other than that, he sleeps through the night. So that's kind of the little system. And how's the I, eight, how's the eight month old doing? Because I've got an eight-month-old. My wife and I have an eight-month-old also. Oh, congrats. Yeah. But he's doing, yeah, he's doing pretty good. I can't complain. My mom actually just moved down here, so uh, she's been taking him. But he's have, he has his nights. He is like, sleep good some nights. Last night, he didn't sleep too good. Oh, man, sorry. But uh, he's he's wishy-washy. We try to get the bed, the boys in bed from, like, eight to nine, but sometimes, like, he don't want he to go to sleep. He's not ready to go to bed. It's like... <laughs> You can't really say nothing to him, so that's why I kind of, you know, <laughs> they on their own schedule. Like, you know, Titus, uh, my oldest son, you can, like, Titus, it's time to go to bed. Like, let's read these books, and he, he can go to sleep. But the baby, he had just, you know. Not having it. How many books How many it. books you got to read to Titus? Oh, man, he probably got, like, 30 books. He loved to read, and uh, his grandmother bought, like, all these vintage books that she grew up on from, like, her grandmother wrote her notes from like 1974. It's like an old, like original Bambi book. That's awesome! Wow, uh, the little golden books. And yeah. Stuff. yeah, yeah. So it's like books from the 1970s, and Titus loves them. Man. Uh, That's good. You got to so read like four books, five, three books, two books. You have a we, limit. We try to do like two or three, and then I kind of sometimes I gotta shut him down. Like, all right, we're done reading. Books. <laughs> <laughs> you skip a couple of pages. The problem is if you read the same book all the time, you can't even. I used to try to skip pages or pick the ones with less words. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, three books. Well, like, don't pick the one that's got chapters, please. <laughs> yeah. Drew, how many books do you read at night to your kids? Well, Drew's got five, It by depends, the way. yeah. I Oof. The way we're set up, it's while I'm feeding the baby, Vita's reading to our three-year-old because the big kids have already gotten in bed. And they, they read to themselves, so. But the, the three-year-old, Annie, she gets about two or three, kind of the same time. What is the age difference? We've got twins, a boy and a girl who are eight, and they're in second grade. And then we have a kindergartner, a six-year-old. Mm-hmm. He's in. That's uh, that's Oliver. Annie's three year old, and then the eight month old Lucy. I told you about Oliver last year. He was still five. I picked him up from his preschool. He gets in the car, buckle him up. I ask how his day's going, and very matter of factly, he said good, and segued into explaining to me why you are the best tight end in the league <laughs> because it took eleven Patriots to tackle you last season. So he's a big fan of Pharaoh Brown and, and likes, you know, the the plays where it takes. Oh know, yeah, I eight, appreciate nine, ten, eleven guys to bring you down. So you got just know you got a friend and all and all a fan in Oliver Doherty. So uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. Does does Titus know that you play football? Does he watch you? Does he know what you do? He's he seems like he might be yeah. on the younger end, but he could be getting close to knowing soon. He's getting close. He uh he definitely has more interest in watching the games now, and uh, he sees me he sees me out there, but I don't think he knows. Like, does he come to him? Or? Yeah, he comes to the oh, game. Is he at, and he's out in the stands? Or is yeah. He, okay. We he's out in the stands, but I think the last game they did the new uh they got the new Texans care. Oh, okay, daycare. like the new camp, yeah. Yeah, the new camp for the kids, which is pretty awesome. Titus loves that. I mean too. that's, that's fun too. for yeah. the kids too. They could just play with other players' kids and other staff kids and yeah. they keep them really busy. But I think he really understands more when they watch it at home. Yeah. And if something happens and they like when the T V pans and he's like, Daddy, that's daddy. So they say your uh, name. Yeah. So he see like if he see me on the TV, he know that's me. But I don't think he like know like what I'm doing. Yeah. He's still yeah. Young. It's, it's All a right. Lot to absorb. We got lots to get into with Farrell Brown here on the Texans Player Show presented by Fud Ruckers. I'm going to ask 
I'm going to ask Farrell about uh, the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, if he's been keeping up with that drama. Also, a lot of news with his alma mater. That's all coming up on the Texans Player Show, presented by Fuddruckers. Don't go anywhere. Keep it here for more of the Texans Player Show, presented by Fuddruckers, right here on Texans Radio. Everybody's got a burger. No matter what your burger, Fuddruckers has it. Each morning, we make the freshest buns for the world's greatest hamburger. Whatever craving combo you have, our buns have you covered. 100% all-American premium cut beef cooked to order. Add delicious toppings to pile high. Then head over to our build-your-own produce bar with fresh ingredients to create your crave. Our burger coasters are waiting for you at Fuddruckers. Fuddruckers. And now, back to more of the Texans Players Show, presented by Fuddruckers. Texans Players Show, presented by Fuddruckers, rolls on. We've got Farrell Brown. We had Farrell Brown on last year, and it was during COVID, so it was via Zoom. So we're actually in person, even though we're not out at Fuddruckers. Maybe next year we'll be out at Fuddruckers. Farrell would love you would love being out at Fuddruckers. I know enough about you after two years. You, <laughs> yeah. would, you would be a man of the people there. You would really enjoy it. We've got there's like a set of of Great diehards that come. There's probably about a dozen every time. If we're out on the west side, my parents come with all their friends. That, that's that's half that. the and restaurant. There's like some sprinklings of it. Yeah. What you, is Twelve Ruckers famous for? They're burgers. Burgers. You can burgers? Have, they Shakes. basically give you the bun and the patty, and then guy. you you can put all the stuff on it. Yeah, you kind of make it. Your yeah, way. you eat. We eat while we do the show. And then during yeah. the breaks, you actually have to sign stuff. We mm-hmm. can just do whatever. We're just yeah. relaxing, but. They put the players to work. They sign footballs. They take pictures with fans. It's a lot of fun. You get to That's really awesome. yeah, you, interact. You but because of COVID, we haven't been able to be out and about. You guys get COVID tested all the time. So yeah. We do, too. Uh, and so do we, Hopefully obviously. they bring it back next year. Hope Hopefully so. it Hope comes so. back next year. It's something that we really miss. All right. You know, we talk around the NFL a lot in um, our Texans All Access show and the whole Baker Mayfield OBJ drama that's been going on. I always think about you because you played with the Browns for the past mm-hmm. few years. How much do you keep up with uh, the drama going on with other teams or what's going on? Or are you even able to do it in season? I mean, I just keep – I don't really keep up and know all the everything going on. But, I mean, I feel like I get more Brown stuff than Texan stuff. Like on my Twitter, my algorithm is all messed up. Right? <laughs> You follow too many Browns yeah, people still. Being from Cleveland and yeah. playing for the Browns, I get more Brown stuff than Texas stuff. So I know more of the Brown stuff than than normal just because my algorithm is I bet uh, your algorithm is also up. affected because of your last name too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that, no, I'm not I'm not joking. I, I, no, I it probably you, is, seriously. Yeah, I bet that factors into it somehow and then like you said, you're from there. Yeah. yeah you played there, you're from there, your last name be, is Brown. You're <laughs> never gonna get out of that that snare. At all. Yeah. I think I might have to go in and change that I'm not from Cleveland, <laughs> and hopefully they uh, switch up my algorithm a little bit. But wow. yeah. All right. So you've been in Houston now for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted to go to the rodeo, which did not come back last year, but it is supposed to come back this year. Have you got your first pair of cowboy boots and hat? Are you like fully Texan yet? I, I, I felt like I, you were moving in that direction even last year. Yeah, I haven't yet because the rodeo didn't happen. But I think this year I'm going to get my full. I was a I was a generic cowboy for Halloween last year. So I, <laughs> I got the feel of it, so now I gotta go full. Gonna be force. authentic. Yeah, what I gotta it, be what authentic. What did a generic cowboy wear? Tell me about this. You know, a generic cowboy is just like that. Uh, like that. A uh, cost a Halloween costume. Uh-huh. You know, the real like pleather pleather pants <laughs> and the 
you know, the boots that you just like put over your shoes, but they look like cowboy <laughs> boots. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh yeah, that's not that's not gonna fly at yeah, the rodeo. That's funny. You got to get yourself. I got I got to come real. I got to come real flashy for yeah, the rodeo. You do. You do. Uh, Drew mentioned it earlier. Oregon. They made the news recently. Your alma mater. They lost their head coach to Miami. So you've got Brevin Jordan in the room, who gains your. Oregon's former mm-hmm. head coach. How much do you guys talk about college football and what's going on? And what do you think about Oregon's head coaching search and what's going on there right now? Well, we talk about it in the room quite a bunch. I know he had said something yesterday about getting the coach. But, you know, I mess with him all the time because it dates back to in our room in Cleveland. So we was talking about the Browns. This is my algorithm. I got to stop yeah. talking about this. <laughs> in Cleveland, we would have a, uh, a pot each Saturday. and Everybody had to bet on a team. So it was basically everybody in the room had a, your college team and the college game day, and it was a $50 pot every week. And Miami lost me so much money because Najoku went there, and, I mean, they lost to, like, Florida Atlantic. And <laughs> I was picking them to win some games that, you know, oh. they should have won. You're so. not picking your own alma mater. You're just picking <clears throat> so any. So you're picking, you picking, like, those games. So it would be like Oregon versus Stanford. It was like a seven games, and oh. whoever got the best out of those seven games, but the only teams we would use was – our alma mater, and then the college game day. So we had like Princeton, uh, <laughs> Miami, Wisconsin, and I was losing so much money. So when Bourbon got, I was like, "Man, y'all horrible." And then this year, he was like, he betted me on one game. He was like, "We nice this year," and then they end up losing. And he ain't bet me since. Uh, I think he still owed me some money from that one. Boy, the guys that really overcome like a bad college and make it like if you. No offense to Rice, but like if you you got a, a good Rice player in the league, you're struggling these days if something oh, yeah. like that goes on. Man. I mean, I had to go into I like to win, and I think I won a lot of those pots. I had to like really go in and <laughs> do some research on Princeton and right. all the Ivy League schools, and it was a serious thing in the room. Do you think Oregon's going to hire Chip Kelly again? I saw that as I, a as I, a, I as a love, headline. I would love if they if they can go down there and hire Chip Kelly and get you it would. Back. Yeah, I mean. That's your coach. Yeah, that's my coach. And, I mean, he just fits. I, one thing that I have a problem, is just, it seems like to me that, like, people are using Oregon as, like, a stepping stone job. And it's like, mm. we're a big school. You know, we had, like, we had, like, the last two coaches take different jobs. And it's like, when you go to Ohio State, you ain't leaving Ohio State to take another job. When you go to, you know, Alabama, you know, you ain't leaving as a head coach. You know, that's why Saban's been there. You know, just schools like that, I feel like Oregon is in that top top places to be and should be, and I think that we need to get a coach that uh, that has ties. And to, to the school the, to so the they school, don't leave. Like so Cristobal, leave. because yeah. he, he played for Miami, he coached at Miami, right. so the writing was kind of on the wall for him and exactly. him leaving, it seemed like. But it's so a head-scratcher, man, because like. you, you and I talked about this last year, and I think we talked about it when you were on, on, on with us during this show last year. In addition to everything you just mentioned, you also have the Nike money. I right. mean, that's – and you talked about the first time you got to go pick out what you're going to wear. Mm-hmm. You said it was like being in a, a candy store. I mean, For just sure. all the options you got. So all of the the, the 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 power and might you have with them being behind you, it seems like a, a real head-scratcher decision for yeah. these guys to leave. I think with the with their board now, I know uh, I know Uncle Phil wants to get a national championship to Oregon. So uh, <laughs> he has a lot of – he has a lot of pool and – and a lot of a lot of strength. So I'm more to I'm I know that him and the A D there is gonna be able to bring in a, a good guy to, you know, keep us going. They're playing in the Alamo Bowl, right? Oregon is. Yeah, the, Alamo Bowl. Do you wanna are you gonna well I, I guess you can't really make the trip because yeah, the it's like on a Wednesday off. and it's like It's a, not on a Tuesday, yeah, it's, it's not, not on a day on a Tuesday. off. <laughs> it's like 
Ah, oh, that Wednesday, oh. and it's like at eight o'clock, so yeah, it's like it's kind uh, of a gross time. It's gonna be, always late. It's yeah. gonna be pretty tough. I'm gonna try to go down there to like a practice on like maybe Monday night, because they should be down there the whole week. So just to go down there and show my face, but I, my uncle always tried to get me to go to the games, and now with this 17 week game, I thought I would be able to go no. to the national championship. Me and T. Mitch was talking about that, but now that's different because we play all the way to what, January 10th or 11th, something like that. So uh, it's hard to catch a college game nowadays. Did you and T. Mitch go to Oregon together? Oregon together? That's right. You guys played at the Browns as well. So yep. so he's also all in on uh, Oregon. Yeah. You guys, you guys, maybe maybe bas- basketball? Are they good at basketball? You have to wait till after football season. Uh, we've been good at basketball in these past years. Yeah. I mean, I went to Purdue. They're ranked yeah. number one, which this is the first time I think I've ever in said basketball? that. basketball? Right now. Ooh. Like, for this week. Yeah. So I'm going to say it because I don't know if it'll be the case next week. <laughs> Just <laughs> curious about Oregon. You were know, they what? ever won when Glenn Robinson, the big dog, was there? Maybe that was like the last time. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I mean, they, they went pretty far, but I don't know if they were ranked number one during the season. But I'm super excited about that. Anyway, I digress. We talked about your the Nike uh, office. You used to help design some of the practice gear. Mm-hmm. I remember this is something that we talked about last year. Have you ever thought about doing stuff like that now in the pros, like way in the future, maybe a clothing line or designing something like that? Uh, Athletic gear or anything like that? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't think I really like the uh, the design stuff. My uh, my college my college basically seems like he's my college roommate. He was over at my house all the time, but he he he. Those new like Nike phone posits and stuff like that that came out, those new cleats that everybody's talking about. He was on the design team for them, so he oh. went from Oregon to Nike. So I kind of get a lot of not get, but like you know the process, and I don't know if it's really for me. It's not for you. No, You're not a fan. Me. You just yeah. like to wear the stuff. Yeah, I just like to wear the stuff. <laughs> so if you weren't a football player, what would you be doing? Ooh, that's a good question. I'd probably be working at Nike. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i don't want to design but yeah. just give me the give me the nike discount yeah, i'll just take sure. that just i, take, I take it you've read the phil knight autobiography mm-hmm. yeah that's pretty good pretty yeah. good read it's different it's a different most autobiographies don't kind of flow that way i like the way yeah his work. it was it's a good book cool. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we got one final segment. We'll get into a little bit about the Seattle matchup and more. we got one segment of the Texans Player Show presented by Fuddruckers. We've got Pharaoh Brown. Don't go anywhere. The Big Finish is up next. The Texans Players Show, presented by Fuddruckers, continues in a moment. The Houston Texans and MSG Bank have teamed up to present the Small Business Boost. This month's winner is Airflow AC and Heating. Airflow has provided quality heating and air conditioning service in Houston for 20 years. Since 2001, Airflow has served the community with fast, friendly, and trustworthy HVAC service. Countless times, Airflow has given back to the community, helping seniors in need. For more info and to nominate your favorite small business, visit HoustonTexans.com slash Business Boost. It's the Texans Small Business Boost, presented by MSG Bank, a member of Zion's Bank Corporation and a member of FDIC. Get the inside scoop on the game straight from the players. It's the Texans Players Show, presented by Fuddruckers. One final segment of the Texans Players Show, presented by Fuddruckers. Farrell Brown joins us once again. Farrell, we started off the show talking about Christmas. You said you're not going to do it with the kids because they're little and they just got a bunch of presents for Thanksgiving. But are you a big decoration guy? Do you put up decorations this time of year? I am not a big decoration guy. My wife is, and the house is decorated, but... I mean, she's doing the decorating. Yeah. And does she, is she, does she put them up like right around Thanksgiving or is there like a, uh, right after, right after Titus birthday decoration goes up. 
but she's uh, on the ball. Yeah, we yep. live in a neighborhood in Utah, and it's like it's one of those neighborhoods to where like the whole neighborhood is decorated for Halloween. And she tried to give me last year, like we was blessed enough to get the model home, so we're like right in the front of the complex. And like she like we kind of look like you know we don't have the spirit, and <laughs> people drive to our neighborhood to look at these houses. And I'm like, there's no way. I'm in Houston. I'm not paying people to go set up the house. Oh, this is why you guys are here. <laughs> yeah, because we're here. We never there. And they got like the HOA got like competitions. First place get like a thousand dollars. Like it's a real big thing. And I'm like, I can't do it. You're not getting up on a ladder, huh? Yeah. No, he doesn't want to because I don't want to. I'm not there for the Halloween. Also, the electricity, the power bill. <laughs> like you got to pay for all well, that I'm electricity. Not knocking, I'm just saying, yeah. yeah. No, but I, I I see both points of view because you're, you're she's trying to do it for the betterment of the neighborhood. She doesn't yeah. want your neighbors to be mad at you guys in the right. off season when you do go back. I know. How often do you go back to Utah during the season? Like throughout the year, I imagine during the season you probably don't get a chance to go back. to I much. went back during the bye week, and then after the season, uh. I go hide out in the mountains. That's like my snowboarder, getaway. right? Yeah. I think we, I did a, we did a social media segment. We we filmed them all back in, in training camp and I was showing the players their social media posts and asking, like just trying to find out more. And there was a great video that Pharaoh had posted of himself snowboarding. I want to say you had no shirt on. So maybe it was like spring snowboarding. And he told you told me that you had just started mm-hmm. like very, very recently, yeah. even though you spent a lot of time in Utah. But that was maybe one season's worth, yeah, or you was, picked it up right away. Yep. Right and you away. went black, right? The first. Yeah. I picked it up one day. And for those that who don't understand, sick. for those who don't know, black is super advanced. The, the black ski route, or what is it? I, ski I, run. I still take a I'm lesson. A skier, yeah. I still take a lesson every time I go because we only go like once a year, and I feel like just when the rust starts to get knocked off, it's time to leave, and then you don't go back for another year. So oh, yeah. I'll never make it to black. <laughs> Speaking of, this kind of reminded her bringing up your Instagram, it reminded me of, I saw another thing of you on Instagram. I think it was in the summer. You're, you're like surfing or wakeboarding, mm-hmm. and <laughs> one of your buddies threw you a pass and yeah. you caught it. And then some other maniac jumped Jump. off the boat and tackled you. And I was like, that's a tight end. Don't do that. And you were fine. You popped up. But yeah. that, that was a high I actually almost broke that tackle. We might have to show that one to Oliver. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. I'm very impressed with yeah. the tackle. No, we don't want to show him that because Bill's trying to do it. And yeah, we'll, we'll be in the hospital shortly after. So, yeah, what was going on with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, in Utah, like, the wintertime is, like, in the mountains and uh, – on the slopes, and then winter, and then the summertime is like lake days. You know, we got a bunch of great lakes, and uh, I'm a big outdoors guy, yeah. uh, adventurous guy. So we just have an awesome time at the lake, and I got a good buddy that owns the. Uh, it's called the Boat Shack in uh, Utah. So I got a boat from there, and I mean, we go out all the time in the morning. That looks just like fun. Have a good time. The kids love it. Everybody love it. It's just, but the 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 water is way better than the snow. And I messed up. Is that right? I, yeah. I, you can't get hurt on the water. So, like, when they tackle you, it's like, you can't get hurt. But, like, <laughs> I took one of my good friends to the mountain, and I'm thinking that he can learn it from me. You know, he works out. He's supposed to be athletic, play basketball. He fell off the baby lift, and dang near broke his back. Uh-oh. He ain't been, <laughs> we he's went, not going back. You, he's not think- going back. And I should have took him because I was always a water person because in Oregon, that's when I learned how to wake, uh, wake surf. So, I think I just picked it up naturally, so I kind of 
feel bad because I should have took him to the water first to let him get the feel. It doesn't matter. Fair enough. Yeah. You can't just – you are an anomaly in the fact that you just got on a mountain and were snowboarding. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you can take someone to the water, but their first time on the snow is going to be their first time on the snow. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone's going to – maybe they'll learn faster than, like, someone like me, but – I've never heard of anyone just picking it up so quickly. All right, we've got uh, just a little bit of time left. What about your thoughts on the final five games of the season, Seattle coming in here? It's been kind of nice to have you guys playing at home mm-hmm. for the past few weeks. But, you know, David Culley talked about maybe a, a quarterback switch this week. You've seen Davis Mills earlier in the year. You, you saw him at the end of this last week's game. Well, what have you thought about him and, and how he's progressed in his time? Uh, I thought he's progressed, uh, been progressing pretty well, uh, even coming out this last game. I think he uh, – Play good, made good decisions in the time that he was out there. I mean, moving forward, it just goes back to these last five games. We're all trying to get better. And let's, my whole thing is like, let's go into the offseason, you know, feeling good about ourselves. Like, everybody uh, feel good about themselves if we can, you know, get these, get five wins. You know, that's, that's my goal. Like, let's go out there. It may not mean nothing to anybody around here, but, you know, for me, for the guys in the locker room, I want to go win these five games, and I think that's the goal, and I want everybody to get better. Davis is a rookie, so I know he wants to be able to get better each game too, and it's all – I think a lot of people, you know, just fans and everybody in general, like, look so much onto just, like, one season, but it's like this is a – it's a marathon, you know, like stuff not going to just happen like that, so it's like they missed the, you know – the foundation blocks, the foundation pieces, like, of building and people growing. And it's like, you know, we live in a world where it's like instant gratification and people just want it to be happening right now. Like, but it's like, you know. It takes time. Yeah, it takes, it takes time. time to rebuild. Like, I want my kid to sleep all night. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen it's not on gonna night happen, one. Right? It's not going to happen on night one. It's like, you get him to take that nap in his bed. Like, even when you're trying to get him to sleep in his crib, it's like, okay, if I can get a 30-minute nap. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just that progression that I think that uh, people don't realize. And, you know, people like their teams. They want us to be good right now. Or they want us to win right now. But it's like, you know, as long as we get that progression going in, I think that's better for everybody. That builds everybody confidence. So, As long as you're getting better and everyone's yeah. getting better, then eventually it'll lead to wins, which w- would be exactly. nice to see some wins here to springboard into the offseason. Obviously, Texans not going to make the playoffs, but just to get a few wins and go into the offseason with a little bit of positive and see some growth out of this team. And Farrell, we wish you the best. I think that's the five, five games left of the season. Always a pleasure chatting with you. So uh, best of luck to your Oregon Ducks and best of luck to you for the rest of the year. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And I look forward to the four-hour worker shakes. I might have to go. <laughs> next year. Yeah. Next year. They maybe they'll <laughs> be back. Up, load up, yeah. All right. That's going to do it for the Texans Player Show presented by Fuddruckers. Don't go anywhere. Up next, we've got Texans All Access. We have the top stories of the week, and we'll go around the league. That's all coming up. Don't go anywhere. Texans Radio continues. You're listening to Texans Radio. Download the Houston Texans mobile app to get the latest updates on your Houston Texans sent straight to your phone. Teachers and parents, are you looking for an educational resource to keep your students engaged? The Houston Texans Toro and ConocoPhillips have partnered together to provide Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a free video series that will challenge your students to math topics like fractions, multiplication, division, and place value, all while having fun. Sign up today for free at HoustonTexans.com on the Kids School Program page and run your students through Toro's Math Drills, presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Go Texans! 